You're listening to The Other End of the Reading Rope, the podcast for busy teachers who want practical strategies for language comprehension and writing that will engage your students and save your sanity. I'm your host, Leslie Lawson, a former reading specialist and coach. Let's get on to the show. We're busy people! Hello, hello, hello. This is Leslie at the other end of the reading group. And today I'm going to piggyback on my last two podcasts, which were about sentence writing. And we have talked about lots of different strategies that you can use in your classrooms all the way up through middle school. And today what we're going to do is then look at the reverse and see how students need to learn the basics of understanding what a sentence says in order to understand complicated and complex text. Um, And so just like with the writing structure, the reading structure starts at the very basics. So today our whole um, podcast is going to be on Well, after I do a little introduction, it's all going to be on understanding a very basic sentence. And these are going to be activities you can do with your K-1-2 students or maybe even some struggling students and um, in the upper grades. And you may even want to be using this with your ESOL students or um, maybe some of your students who have some learning difficulties. So I think you'll be able to use these all across the board, K-5, but um, specifically for the the tier one classrooms of K-1 and 2. So before we get started with getting into the basics of sentence um, understanding, I want to go back and just acknowledge that This part of the reading rope in language comprehension um, has been, I would have to say, largely ignored over the last 30 years. Um, I know for myself, grammar was never something we were uh, encouraged to do beyond verbs, nouns, and adjectives. I feel like we taught our kids those things, but we didn't really know why, except maybe to add detail to our sentences. However, in the work that I have been doing, I am learning that these building blocks of grammar actually help our children to really understand what it is that they are reading. Um, And it makes sense for some students who are struggling to understand the, complex sentences and more, you know, difficult text in the middle school and high school, maybe because they don't have this basic foundation of understanding how grammar plays a part in understanding what you're reading. Um, And so for this episode, I'm relying on the research of Gillis and Eberhardt. Um, from 2016, and they have a website called Literacy How, and I just purchased a book from them on syntax, which I haven't even dove into yet, but I can't wait to look at more of that, Um, as well as some points from Carol Tolman from Letters. And I think you will see, um, or at least I hope that I am going to be laying out the groundwork for you and for your understanding, because part of the reason why I think that we have greatly ignored this is because we weren't taught 
how to focus on grammar or how to teach it in the classroom. I know I certainly wasn't in my education classes and I never had PD on this. So I'm hoping that um, by going through some of the basics, it will help you to see how you could um, put this in your classroom. So a little bit more on the overview from Gillis is that there are four big ideas that underpin sentence instruction. And one of them we've talked about already, and that's writing. Um, and that by writing a variety of different sentences and really diving into fragments and, um, you know, expanding sentences, we are practicing syntax. Um, so we've already talked about that one feature. But there's three other parts. One part is oral language, and specifically for your K-1, 2, um, struggling readers, ESOL, any of those children, they need to talk it before they can write it or read it. Um, I was a big fan of having sentence stems in my classroom, and if I asked a question, they were expected to respond in a full sentence. I would often give them um, sentence starters like, um, I heard what you said, and I think blank, or I may have said to them, explain to your partner about um, photosynthesis, and they would have to start with photosynthesis is blank. Um, it was amazing once I started doing that with oral language, how much it improved my students in fourth grade um, and their writing um, once they were you know, speaking in full sentences and complete sentences. So oral language is huge. The second part that um, is a big idea in this syntax instruction is grammar. Um, and we are going to go through building blocks. And they are just like foundational skills for phonics, where you start and where you end up is, is going to be vastly different. But we need to start off um, with four basic building blocks, and then we'll add to them um, as we go through these podcasts. And then the third thing um, is also that we're going to teach you how to analyze the text that the students are reading and answer questions so that they can understand the different parts of the sentence. And, um, and by doing that, we'll be able to get them to to really understand what it is that they are reading at an even deeper level. So let's start off by thinking about that very basic image, and that is what is a sentence. When you delve down to it, a sentence starts with a namer and an action, a who and a do, a noun and a verb. We want our children to be able to look at an easy sentence, um, for example, the shark swam, and we want them to be able to name who swam. It was the shark. What did the shark do? The shark swam. There are two basic sentence structures. The one that I just gave you an example of is one that's called a simple sentence that has a subject and a predicate, a noun and a verb, a namer and an action. The fish swam. That is a very basic sentence structure. 
And then we also have another type of simple sentence that is composed of the subject and the predicate followed by an object. So for example, the fish swam in the water. That would be another type of simple sentence, but it has that object to add to it. So let's say you're working in your class. A great way that you can start with this and a wonderful hands-on activity is to go through their decodable if you're reading a decodable or their um, guided reading book if you're doing guided reading and pick out some of the nouns that are in the story as well as some of the verbs that are in the story and put them on um, flashcards maybe eight of each and when you're in a small group or even if you're at the whole group you can ask the kids um, when you show them what the word is, and they should be words they can read, they can decode. When you show them the word, you want them to tell you if it's a who or a do. Start there, build up to a noun or a verb. And so the students will be able to sort them into nouns and verbs to start. Then the next thing you want to do is to pull one of the nouns and one of the verbs down and to start to put that into a sentence. So for example, they may pick the word fish and the word swim. You would also want to have, because you know this is coming, you would also want to have an index card with the word the, so you can turn it into a complete sentence of the fish swims. And you might even want to have like a sticky note with an ending on it like an S or an ED or an ING if you need that as well, and a period. And so together, you can build all kinds of sentences. The dog hops, the um, frog um, runs. No, I guess it would be the frog that hops and the dog that runs. <laughs> and you can build those basic sentences together. Once they have a hang of this, then you can add on, where does the frog swim? Um, and what I really liked that Gillis did um, is instead of adding those words down, she just put blank index cards down. So she had the frog swims, and then she put down three index cards and the kids touched them and went, the frog swims in the pond. So she wasn't adding any more words to it, but they were able to, with their oral language, state what that would be and practice adding objects into the sentence. Another activity that goes along with understanding these important parts of the sentence is a scrambled sentence. Um, and we talked about that with writing, and it's also a great reading example. And so what you would do is, let's say you had those same words written down, or maybe you could have um, a shark swims in the ocean, and they would be on different index cards. And you could ask the kids to start by looking for the do or the action words. So they would search for swims, and they would pull that out first. And then you would say to them, let's find the who. And they would find shark and they'd pull that down and then lastly you would ask them where to complete the sentence and then they would say in the ocean and you can put that together as well 
So the interesting thing about sentence structure, um, and, and when we get to objects, we're doing who did what, and, and then we add a third question word, is that sometimes sentences can be in different order, right? So for example, let's say the sentence you have cut apart says, city dog taught country frog, all right? What if your students did country frog taught city dog? Would that be the same meaning as the one before? No, it wouldn't. This is where it gets interesting with pulling words straight from the text. Because if you're taking a story, a sentence straight from the text, they should be able to put in order that it was city dog that taught country frog instead of saying that country frog taught city dog. When we go back to the subject, let's think about that a little bit more. Every sentence has a subject. We know that. And the subject is who or what is doing the action. When you want your students to identify the subject, you want to say, you want to find that verb first and say who or what. Um, let me pull one out of here, my book right here. Who or what swims? The fish swims. You could say a sentence like, um, did you ever go to the seashore? Okay, and I'm asking who, who went to the seashore? You would say you. If the sentence is some animals are born with shells, I could say, all right, the verb is are born with shells. Who was born with shells? and they should be able to find animals. Believe it or not, even though that seems simple for us, as a five, six, seven-year-old child, it's not, it's not something we can assume they know. I think back to when I taught second grade and a new standard came on for science and it was teaching living and non-living. And I remember thinking, how ridiculous is this? They want us to teach living and non-living? The kids know that, that's ridiculous until I explored it with the kids. And I realized that they didn't know the difference between things that were living and non-living. The same is true for subject and predicate. The who and the do is something they need to practice with repetition, repetition, repetition. So going on to the predicate, we talked about that the predicate is what that subject is doing. And so if you want um, to ask the question, what is Sam doing? Barked. So you just flip it around that way. The predicate is always going to be a verb. And we have a way to talk about linking verbs too later in the podcast. So the dog barked. Who barked? The dog barked. And then we get to the object again. The object tells whom or what received that action. So what did they do to it? Sam kicked the ball. And where, where did the ball go? Over the fence. That is what the object is going to be. Now, if I were teaching in a K-1-2 classroom, I would definitely have an anchor chart that said subject, predicate, and object. And as I was analyzing sentences, I would definitely be adding those sentences to this pocket chart or to a um, just a 
you know, big old chart piece of paper so that children could see this over and over and over again. Um, during the pandemic, I think we all got a little used to having, not having to have things up in the classroom, but students really do need those visuals to remind them to look up back up at them. Um, and that will help them to retain that information. So having a subject predicate ongoing chart, whether it's a pocket chart, whether it's a piece, big, huge piece of paper, whether it's on a bulletin board, I think that it would be a very beneficial thing to have in a first grade classroom. All right, so going back to those grammar building blocks. Well, we've already talked about some of these grammar building blocks. Of course, our first grammar building block are nouns. We need to start by teaching nouns. And our cueing question would be, who or what did it? Our second building block is, you guessed it, verbs, because verbs tell what those neighbors are doing. Our cueing question could be, did what? So Sam did what? But if it's a linking verb, like Sam is, um, Sam is a friend of mine, then you would say, is what? So that's what you would do with a linking verb, is you would say, is what? So did what or is what? And then you also want to start from the very beginning with that subject verb agreement. And so um, if they're writing down something that the dogs do, you want to make sure that you have either um, the S or no S at the end of the word so that the children can um, see how subjects and verbs would match. Um, so for example, the dogs pant. But if you did the dog, it would be pants, right? It's a difference. And so we want to be teaching the kids that from the very get-go, adding that ED, ING, and S right away um, while they are still forming their understanding of sentences. So what makes a sentence become difficult? Well, you know, we've been talking about this basic kind, the subject, verb, and object. Um, and so when a, when a simple sentence has a subject, verb, and object, children can basically get that. They can understand that. But as a sentence becomes more complex or more difficult, you're going to have more of those idea units. You're going to be adding phrases and clauses and propositions and all kinds of things that are going to add to your sentence to make it a little bit more difficult. You're also going to have a distance between the subject and the verb. And so um, that takes a little bit of understanding and kind of weeding through the words to understand completely what the sentence mean. And also the order of the subject and the verb and the object. Sometimes they are out of order and more complex sentences. And order matters because when you go back and you think about um, you know, what is it, the, the famous one about grandma, let's eat grandma, um, and that's the one with punctuation. So if you have a let's eat, comma, grandma, that's one way of saying it. But if you do let's eat grandma without the comma, we're eating grandma. So word order does matter. Um, if I had a sentence like the men painted the red house, 
we can imagine in our in our mind that the house was already red and he the men are just painting it um maybe they're doing touch up or whatever but what if we had that out of order and we said the men painted the house red now maybe the house was white before we don't know it adds a different bit of meaning to the sentence Meaning-based questions, the who, where, when, all of that goes together. And as we get into a little bit more complicated um, sentence writing in the future podcast, we're going to see other sentences um, that have more complex um, questioning that goes along with it and phrases such as in the fall or on the rock or together. But I think we've had enough for today. And I think you can see the, how important this building block of understanding basic sentences is. I will add a, um, some visual examples on my blog, which I will link at the end of the show notes, as well as um, some examples that you could download and try yourself. I hope this was helpful for you. Next time we meet, we're going to start diving into a little bit more complex sentences by adding on adverbs and adjectives. Um, and we're going to look at ways that we can sort some words and how we can deconstruct some of those word sentences as well. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you next week and have a great weekend and week at school. See you later. Thanks for listening to today's chat. Follow me on TPT or Instagram for more tips and resources at the other end of the reading rope. See you next week. Now go home.